again or for the first time. Welcome to The Seven Day Boogie. It is I, your host, The Boogeyman, Jordan Tolford, here from the Bat Cave of Podcastery in my apartment, here to bring you all things boogie. And boy, are we going to jump straight into it this week. Now, first thing is first. Thank you up top to my brother, Nick Tolford, for writing the theme song and performing it every week live. And thank you to Nick Cox for making the logo and all of the designs for this podcast. If you would like to follow him on Instagram, his name is NMC underscore DSGN. Check him out for all of your needs when it comes to design. He's a boss. If you want to follow me, that is easy to do. You can just follow me on Instagram at the seven day boogie. It is wonderful. Also, if you look in the bio of this episode and of this show on most platforms, if not all of them, you will find some links there. I encourage you, if you can, click those links, do what you can. Uh, right now in the world, we all have to boogie together. It help if you can fight for what you believe in, fight for what's right, and make sure that everyone has a seat at the table. Um, you can absolutely do that, help out by following the links in my bio and giving in any way possible. Which brings me to something super fun. Um, I have added a link in my bio to an organization's page that is local to uh, Chicago. It is a skateboard organization called FroSkate. I first became introduced to FroSkate through Instagram, saw some of their posts, some of the, some of the things that they were doing with some community protests and um, organized events that I had taken part of this summer. And I reached out to them and asked if it would be okay if I mentioned them in the podcast and put their bio for some of their sweet links and some of the things that they do around Chicago in my bio and they gave me the thumbs up. So if you are able to, please go to the link in the bio of this episode and the bio of my podcast on all podcast platforms. Check out FroSkate. You can also check them out on Instagram. Just search FroSkate, F-R-O-S-K-A-T-E. They are a wonderful group of organizers that use something that I love very, very much, skateboarding, to make this world a better place. And if I can direct any eyes or any motion towards them, I would love to because they have helped me be active and advocate for things that I believe in through something, again, that I love very much, which is skateboarding. And speaking of skateboarding, wow, have I been doing a lot of it. If you follow me on Instagram, again, at the seven day boogie, you've probably seen a lot of my clips, me falling down. I got a crew. We've been skating a lot. Shout out to my skater crew. And that would be Drake and Laura and all the other skaters that I skate with out there. Bailey, Sergio, my homie Ryan, everybody. If you've skated with me in the past, obviously Nathan and Kevin, if we've skated together in the past, drop me a line and give me a high five because I love skateboarding. But why I'm focusing on the skate crew, mainly Drake, is that Drake has been ripping recently. Drake is new to fairly new to skateboarding he's progressing lightning quickly and the other day drake did a board slide and i'm so gosh darn proud of him he's been doing board slides he's really been sending it and uh this is a big skater shout out to drake so drake if you're out there sitting in the room next to me while i record this shouts out to you bud let's go skate this weekend we're going to so not only have i been skateboarding just as much as i've been getting outside to parks 
and trying to uh, have some distanced fun. I've also been very much inside lately, and I have been gaming. Whoa, have I been playing some video games, um, playing some online video games with my brothers and with the homie Kevin, the Bat King himself, playing the new PGA game because I'm 50. Way more fun than I expected it to be. And it is truly a fun, just nice, listen to a podcast, listen to this podcast, listen to the seven day boogie, play around a golf. Also, you should add me on PlayStation because I have a new username, branding. It's the seven day boogie, T H E, the number seven, D A Y B O O G I E. Come play with me. So that's what you should do is add me on PlayStation. Check it out. We can play PGA together if you play golf. You could, uh, I've also been playing some Red Dead online, some Cowboys, as I call it, to the layman or to just me because I just call it playing Cowboys. But me and Kevin play Cowboys a lot. Got a pretty standard moonshine operation going there. So if you want to ride the, the, the West with me and Kev Bone, join the Sticky Bandits on PlayStation Network. Check me out on Red Dead Online. Again, the seven-day boogie, but the real game that has taken over my life in the last, I would even say just the last week. This is big. It is a game called Fall Guys, and it was free with PlayStation Online for a period of time. I think you do have to pay for it now, but this game is, I usually don't jump on like the super popular game trend, but I saw this game and I saw what it looked like, which is basically like if you ever watched that show um, Wipeout, if Wipeout, which is like a big foam obstacle course where people fall into ooze or goop, not, not tied into dark, which we'll get to later, you just have this like thumb toe shaped little character and you just run them through all these obstacle courses, play different kinds of games. But basically you start, there's 60 players online, start from 60, run through some obstacle courses. There's some very difficult, frustrating team games that you play and the controls are very simple. Like you just run, dive, and you can like grab stuff. So you start with against 60 people. You're one of a group of 60 and you fight and you fight and you lose most of the time. But let me tell you a little story about triumph. Let me tell you a story that happened to me last night. And if you saw my Instagram, you saw me celebrating it. I stayed up much too late because Kevin and I were on a roll. And by on a roll, I mean losing a lot. But we were just riding the wave, riding the fall guys wave, playing, listening to music. I was listening to Bone Thugs and Harmony, which really got me in the the mood for victory. Um, And me and Kevin played and we were playing and I kept getting close. I was getting close. I was kissing the finals. You know, there's usually four or five rounds. Goes from like 60 to 40 to 27 to 17, down to like 10, maybe seven. In the last one. So there I am. I win in a team game that went to double overtime for me not to get eliminated. So it's just me and uh, like 10 other people left at the last game. And the last game was called, I don't remember what it was, but you jump over these like clubs, this like spinning club. There's a low one and a high one and they change speeds. And then sometimes the floor falls out and I'm jumping and I'm ducking and I'm dodging 
and there's people getting knocked out left and right, bodies flying left and right. And what does my person do when the when the when the foundation beneath them starts to crumble and rumble with a fear with there's a space between us, you know, big space. There's a big gap between me and survival, right? The last podium of safety in this game. My the the, the ground falls from beneath my feet and I jump just before it does. And I dive. And what I land on is not ooze, but the platform. And then it's me and it's two other nerds. And we're running and we're jumping. And I'm jumping and I'm timing it right. Because the top thing and the bottom thing are time different. So you got to time it a little funky. You got to run forward, run back, dutch, dodge, jump, over it, flip, boom. And I jump. And the two very good competitive players that I was up against, they tumble and I'm in the headset and Kevin didn't know what hit him. I didn't know what hit him. I didn't know how to react because I was the only one left from 60 down to one. And it was me. I'm getting chills right now telling the story. I'd feel like I just won the double NC and the NCAA title. It's going to be in Fall Guys this year because sports are canceled forever. But Fall Guys, I won from 60 to 1. It was me, the boogie, the champion. Uh, Come find me. You know, I won a match. So I'm acting different now to everyone I see for sure. I'm riding high right now. Got out of bed this morning. Turned the coffee on. Turned it back off. Didn't need it. Too jazzed. Too jazzed off the victory. I'm going to ride this victory for weeks. Months, maybe. I never have to win again. I would fully... So when I said that I didn't really follow a lot of like game trends, that wasn't entirely true because I've downloaded popular games before. I just don't play enough to get really, really good or like competitive with something that takes a lot of skill or like the level up. The more you level up, the better you are at the game and like the better your player gets. So the high level people that play all the time just basically become unbeatable to someone that is as casual of a video game player as I am. So when this game came out, I was wondering because I played uh, Fortnite for about an hour and a half before I deleted it from just pure frustration of not being able to do one single cool thing in that game. And I don't like building. I didn't want to read a bunch of schematics. I play, uh, yeah, let me buy this action game to build a tower. <laughs> Wrong. So I get this game. It's another, I, I'd given up on Fortnite minutes in. So I'd, I would kind of, I kind of backed away from the popular game scene. Yeah, I'm more, yeah, I'm like a, uh, I play other popular games. Just not like the, probably the most popular ones that are online. Online facing ones where it's a lot of player versus player stuff. I just get overwhelmed. But not Fall Guys. I was um, fortunate and talented enough to bring home a crown for me and my boys and my girls and everyone in the world. That title wasn't for me. That title is for everybody. You know, I just let me be a vessel of sweet victory for you to feel through me because I did win and it was and it was me winning. But Fall Guys, the victory came at a price, everyone. And I want you all to know that because I played Fall Guys so much this week, I don't have a shutter shout out for you. Now, don't even begin to get disappointed 
because I gave you two last week and I'm telling you what the movie's going to be for next week. So not only am I telling you that for next week, the Shutter shout out is the movie Don't Leave Home, an Irish horror movie about a sculptor that gets commissioned to do a piece that turns out to be the job turns out to be more than she signed up for. So watch Don't Leave Home next week for next week. That is the Shutter shout out to the future. Shutter foreshadowing, foreshadowing, and you're going to watch Don't Leave Home. I'm going to watch Don't Leave Home. We will rate it. We'll talk about it. I want you to send me your thoughts, and then I'll talk. You know, if anyone sends me a thought, I'll read it on the podcast. Just send me, hey, Jordan, here's my thought. It could be about anything. It doesn't even have to be about the, the movie I'm talking about. It could be about literally anything. Now, you've got your homework. Fall Guys did not take me away from all of my homework because, boy, have things escalated in the shut-in shout-out, which, of course, is Dark Season 1. We are on to Episode 5. This episode is called Truths. Truths starts with side-by-side of past and present characters. So we've gone back 33 years. And we've 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 now seen present day as well. So now we're seeing, you know, young Enos the nurse with Jonas's grandmother, old older Enos. And then we see young Ulrich, present day Ulrich, Katarina when she was young, Katarina when she was older, Charlotte, Hannah, everybody, right? Mickle is still in the past. And wow, did so much happen this this episode. So side by side of the past and present selves, Ellie has returned. She was unharmed, but she met Noah. So Charlotte is holding the stopwatch or the pocket watch rather and knows that something weird is happening, right? Because Yasin has gone missing. She's talking to Ellie about Yasin. Essentially, they probably think that Noah or whoever Ellie saw was responsible for whatever happened to Yasin. So she's questioning about what does Noah look like? The therapist, their uh, Charlotte's husband, who is just, he needs assistance in a bunch of areas, um, mainly not being the evil villain and also not looking terrified constantly. But if I was him, I'd probably be terrified constantly. So Ellie says that Noah is about as tall as dad, wears a hat, and has blue eyes. Not a very, like, succinct description, but the therapist is, like, melting during this entire scene. Charlotte asks, are you related to this in any way? Do you have anything to do with these murder, like, or these vanishing? She throws him the picture the wilderness camera picture of the therapist driving on the night that Mickle was missing. And he just blows her off. He just says, you're crazy. You're going crazy. He leaves. Don't really see him for the rest of the episode. Then we go to Bartos, the, you know, little nasty bee. And he's sitting on the couch. His parents are never home. Evil father serpent is always at the nuclear factory being the villain. Also in the, Hotel mother is never home either because she's she's got the time traveler up in uh, up in her hotel. So Nasty B gets a call from an unknown number. He's been trying to call his girlfriend the entire time. 
and she's not answering. So he gets a call from an unknown number and the unknown number says that his name is Noah and that he is Eric's dealer. Eric being the kid that went missing in the beginning of this show. The voice in the phone says that he's Eric's dealer and he wants to meet up and do business with nasty little B. So if he's getting roped in, I saw, I can't say that I didn't see it coming because he is a villain, born villain. The shape of his jawline forces him to be and also his haircut. He's got a villain's haircut. But he's getting bring he's getting brought in. Next, Hannah is obviously like has years and years and years of unreturned love and unreturned feelings from Ulrich. Hannah goes to Ulrich's house after continuously calling him, not being able to get through, and brings them like some kind of quiche. A boldest move ever. Katarina and Hannah start talking. Hannah comes into the house and is sitting there. Ulrich comes down and just like has like a eh? moment because he doesn't know what's going on. Hannah asks Ulrich for a ride home. Like this is a crazy situation. I don't feel I feel bad that Ulrich's son is missing. I don't feel bad for this crazy love fly trap that Ulrich has caught himself in because this is he did this he's too handsome for Wyndon maybe or he's just he's making horrible decisions let's just say that he's not too handsome for Wyndon he's just making terrible decisions he's running all over town losing his mind can't think straight going absolutely nuts so Ulrich has to give Hannah a ride home but before Hannah leaves Katarina hugs Hannah and stares a lightning bolt straight through Ulrich's chest like I know what's going on and I know that Hannah's not I'm not the only one from this family that Hannah gives a hug to you know what I mean so so much tension in that entire scene it's very very awkward they they don't even eat the quiche it's probably just cold quiche now so that sucks but the hooded man is checking out after that, checking out of the hotel. He wants the hotel owner to send a package to Lucas. Uh, wants to keep the room, is going to be gone for a couple days, whatever. That cuts to, so we know that the hooded man in the hotel is sending a package to Jonas. What it is, we'll find out later. But then that skips to my favorite scene of the episode, which is Bartos and Jonas getting taking sick bong rips playing playstations that aren't on some crazy like transformers fight game but here's the thing bartos and jonas are getting ripped uh jonas looks like he's wearing a really comfortable sweatshirt they're playing games that are not on i know that because i am a dork and the playstation i can tell that the controllers they're using are not turned on nerd so bartos drop something to Jonas. They have like a bro moment. Because, you know, Bartos has been such a good friend to Jonas up until this point. Bartos says that he is contacting Eric's dealer and is about to get, he's about to get like dope boy status from Eric's dealer. Trying to take Jonas to the deal with him. Very dangerous. Bartos is so evil, trying to get Jonas looped into some shit. Basically, in my notes, I wrote, get fucked Bartos like nine times because this Bartos is getting roped in. He's going to get used like a footstool 
or like a tiny trampoline. Like when I was trying to dunk on a seven foot hoop and I weighed 300 pounds, getting used like a trampoline to rocket some bullshit into the air. So that's horrifying. Mikkel is still in the past. He's about to get taken by Child Protective Services. Enos is talking about how she doesn't have a kid, but you realize that like Enos obviously had a son that marries Hannah and has Jonas. So like big eyebrow raise moment there. Mikkel meets Noah. And Noah is talking about how God has a plan for everyone. Mikkel is super metal and does not believe in God because Ulrich is super metal. Super metal papa, no future. And Noah is talking about how God has a plan for everyone, even Mikkel, which is weird. And you can tell that like something crazy is happening. Um, this is when I really started to put some, I like paused this show multiple times to put my hand on my forehead to try to like compress all of the thoughts into one salient idea. So while that's happening, Hannah and Ulrich are in the, in the car and Ulrich is basically telling Hannah to get bent and is just like, I hate you. Never talk to me again. Um, I ruined everything. I'm going to blame it on you. Please leave. That also flashes back to when Ulrich was younger, he and Katarina like talk about how they never want to have kids and everything like that. So Ulrich is basically shoving Hannah off into oblivion for their entire life. That is when Nurse Enos talks about how she doesn't have a kid. Child Protective Services are talking about Mikkel. This is when I begin to think that Mikkel is Jonas's dad. Oh, and I had to call my brother to tell him that. I did not finish watching the episode for probably 20 minutes until I had had that conversation. I just got chills again talking about that. So how does that happen? How does Mikkel become Jonas's dad? That gets explained. Maybe. Who knows? But after that, Charlotte is talking to Ulrich in the investigation room with all the yarn. And Charlotte brings up the 33-year cycle, the 33-solar lunar cycle, the thing about how our calendar is not correct and how we're always just a little bit off on exactly what time it actually is. But every 33 years, everything is as it was 33 years in the past. That solar lunar cycle gets reset every 30 years. So then Ulrich is drawing things. He's talking about how 33 years ago when Mads went missing, that there was a drunk, that drunk police officer that was bumbling around the town, could never solve any thing and he fears that now he has become that police officer that cannot do anything heavy moving on to an even heavier scene jonas is at his father's grave michael's grave jonas's father's name is michael hooded man comes and meets jonas how he knew jonas was going to be there who knows is this on the way to the caves everything's on the way to the cave so probably Jonas says, you look like him. As in, oh, wow. I just had another idea in my head. You look like him. And he says, and the guy says, who, your father? And is Jonas talking to himself in this? Is that guy Jonas? Is the hooded man Jonas? I don't think so, but maybe. You look like him. Who, your father? Yeah, because it's you grown up, dude. Oh, life is a labyrinth. The hooded man says to Jonas, you don't understand it until you reach the center. 
So there's a lot of things about the center of life, um, journey into the future, all this stuff about time, Mickles in the past. He drops just so many things on Jonas in that conversation. He just walks up. Hey, kid, I knew your dad. Here's 15 ominous quotes about time. And then I'm going to peace out and just pick up my briefcase and and just peace out. Like, what? Okay, so that goes to Hannah running some business errands with her father. And Hannah meets Mickle. And as soon as I, she looks, she her father goes in to deal with some business. I think he's in the starch business. I think he runs like a dry cleaner. Hannah looks over, and who does she see out and about in the city but Mikkel? She walks over, sits on a bench with Mikkel. They have this whole conversation. Hannah talks about, asks Mikkel if he thinks she's pretty. She's obviously feeling very dejected from Ulrich. Mikkel puts the charm on. Because Hannah says that she loves magic and wishes she could do magic. Mikkel loves magic. Mikkel puts the swag on. He does a magic trick. She says, you're cool. And then Mikkel says, no, I'm Mikkel. Like he's fucking Hans Solo. And I, it was the, the smoothest shit I've seen in a really long time. Mikkel is 1000% Jonas's dad. So, so many things are lining up. So many things are lining up. Okay, so Magnus and Fran in the last episode had like a weird hookup moment after Fran's flag spinning class. Ulrich and Kat back in time are hooking up in the same locker room. So things are just happening and happening and happening. So Fran and Magnus are going to have kids and the cycle is going to continue. People are just going to keep getting turned into goop that is in the time machine. There's so many loose ends. I'm losing it. So Mikkel is Jonas's dad. Magnus and Fran are hooking up in the same area where Ulrich and Kat are hooking up in this episode. Hannah still running errands with daddy starch. Hears like noises, right? Stands up on a bench, peeps through the window into the gymnasium where they are and sees Ulrich and Katarina together. Dark move. This then goes to present day where Jonas bails on Bartos, big thumbs up for me on that, and goes to meet Marta. Marta had called Jonas on the night that Bartos was trying to get a hold of Hannah. So after there's like a, she's like doing this weird poem recital. After the poem recital, Jonas goes backstage. He bails on Bartos completely. Bartos gets left on a road. Good. He's evil anyway. So meets Marta backstage, tells her the truth about where he was, about how he was in a mental institution or a a psychiatric facility rather after the death of his father. So they kind of have this weird like leftover feelings thing. And then Marta lays it on Jonas, gives him a smooch. Finally, Jonas has one good thing happen to him in this. Jonas kind of killed it in this episode. He was getting ripped. He's playing video games. Got a cool sweatshirt on. And he gets the girl from the dude that took his girl. Jonas is starting to look up. Well, he also finds out terrifying information, but... Cut to Bartos getting left alone on the road because he sucks. The priest pulls up in the priest mobile 
and rolls the window down. He is Eric's dealer. It is Noah from in the past when he met Mikkel, but this man has not aged, which is very, very strange. Bartos is definitely going to get a deal going with Noah, and I'm pretty sure he's going to try to kill Jonas. Not positive, but I'm also pretty positive. It's also towards the end of the episode where we start to kind of get some loose ends tied up. And by loose ends, I mean they tie up one thing and then they fray like 15 other things. In the past, Hannah took her relationship with or wanting to have a relationship with Ulrich pretty seriously and took it a little too far. Um, saying that when he and Katarina were hooking up in the gymnasium, that it was against Katarina's will. Immediately, the like drunk, no good police officer arrests Ulrich. That's all we see from back then. So Bartos gets dropped off. He's definitely going to be making a deal with Noah. Then we see the hooded man coming back out of the caves I think that he like reloaded the time machine because he loaded it up earlier in the show. I think he already used it on Mikkel, so he's going to use it again to send someone else into the past. I think he had to go to the caves to scoop the goop, get it into the time machine, like the 1.21 gigawatts that is needed by Doc Brown, and scoop it on up into the machine, crank, 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 back in time you go. So Jonas, while that is happening, gets the package from the hooded man. In the package is some crazy, like, orb light, like, flashlight thing. I think that that is a relic from the future. He also gets a Geiger counter. He gets a radio, uh, like, a radiation meter, right? This box has some kind of plans. Uh, There's something going on with this. And he also gets the letter from his father that his father writes in the beginning of the show. And in this letter... We find out that Mikkel never comes back to the future. Not only does Mikkel never come back to the future, Mikkel grows into an adult man, marries Hannah, and confirmed Mikkel is Jonas's father. My brain did such an ultimate fist bump When that happened, I have chills. I have chills this whole episode. Maybe it's because I'm chilly, which is impossible because I'm in a den of blankets. So I am losing my mind, obviously. Uh, You've completely confirmed that Mikkel turns into Mikael or Mikael or however they pronounce it in the show. Jonas finds out that Mikkel, the night that he lost Jonas... Sorry, Jonas finds out that the night that he lost Mikkel in the caves, Mikkel goes back in time, never comes back, becomes his father. That is insane to me. So we leave him there. We leave Jonas there for the episode. What we do see is the hooded man walk into the shop or the workhouse of Science Elder. But he's Science Younger because hooded man took the goop machine, filled it up with goop, time-traveled himself back to discuss time travel with Science Elder. I think he needs something from the information on black holes or some kind of nuclear physics information from Science Elder that he can't get on his own, so he travels back in time. And that is why the old man in present day is continuing to say it's going to happen again. He must be stopped. He must be stopped. So, wow, that is the end of the episode there. 
And there are so many things going on. So ultimate fist bump. Mikkel is Jonas's father. He never comes back. Now I'm thinking, is Jonas hooded man? That's too much for me to think about right now. So think about that. Shoot me a line. If you're watching the show along with me, thank you so much. I hope you have a wonderful week. I will catch you next time. Thank you for listening. Please follow me on Instagram, the seven day boogie. Follow the link in my bio for this show. Please do what you can. Spread love. I love you all so much. Please watch the shutter shout out for next week. Don't leave home. Send me your thoughts. Rate, review, subscribe, send this to your friends. I love you so much. Have a great week. Bye-bye.